Sup, fam? How y'all doing? I am... I am feeling good. <laughs> I am feeling a lot of relief. And, uh... Really happy to be live tonight. I know I'm I'm early. I'm feeling relief because I just finished the sub stack. You may have seen it. And I've been working on that sub stack for days now. Um, and yeah, it feels really good to finish something like that. And thank you everybody who has shared it and has given positive feedback on it. I'm going to be going over it tonight in the show. Um, but first, the reason why I'm early, the reason why I'm here 30 minutes early is because at 1030, I'm going on the Devolution Power Hour with Patel Patriot. Um, I think Patrick Gunnels is going to be there too. So if you're watching this, enjoy it. We'll be here for about an hour and then I'll end the show and please go over to Patel's Rumble and uh, we'll join him there and listen to me and Patel and Patrick uh, ramble on about basically the same stuff, I think. We're going to talk about the Mar-a-Lago raid and uh, some devolution stuff, I suppose. We'll see what happens. Um, I sent him a few things related to the substack I wrote, so um, we're, I'm expecting to talk about some of that, but who knows what else we'll get into. So, uh, I, as y'all can tell, I am, I am feeling really good. I am feeling so happy. I feel like I weigh about 20 pounds less. I definitely don't weigh 20 pounds less. Uh, <laughs> I definitely have not lost any weight since the last time you saw me, but I feel like I lost about 20 pounds because I finally published this Substack, and it has been a lot of research and a lot of compiling different sources. It, it, it actually had like two more whole sections in it than what I included. And I trimmed those off because I felt like it was just too much. And I, I wanted to hit the sweet spot. I think I did. And uh, let's take a look at it. Let's take a look at it. I hope you all are having a great day. Hope you all are having a great day. Welcome to the show. This is Just Human number 126 templates. The first thing we're going to do is we're going to watch this video that my friend Nevs made, put together this compilation, and I think I'm going to just zoom in here and play it like this. These types of things have been working perfectly to set precedent for future measures against our enemies. That is what is happening here. The purpose of this special master is not only to protect Trump and to protect his Fourth Amendment rights and his attorney-client privilege. It is, perhaps more importantly, to set the precedent for how to go after Obama, for how to go after Hillary Clinton and others. As you keep on hearing, Trump and members of his team say, this is unprecedented. This is a raid on a former president. I can't believe they would do this. This is a massive violation, blah, 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 blah. Guys, they're telling you. They're doing the 
the raw, raw, this is so they're, I mean, they're doing the sensationalism and the hyperbole on purpose. And it's not that they're wrong and it's not that they're lying. It's that they're giving you two meanings there. They're telling you how outrageous it is. But the second thing they're doing is they're setting up a precedent for how it can be done to our real enemies. These precedents have to exist. And when he, when Trump says it's unprecedented, he's at the same time telling you a new precedent has been set. It's absolutely genius. He needs to comply with every subpoena they slap him with. And if he doesn't, we should shackle him. And maybe we should raid his house and look for collusion with China because those are the new rules, apparently. We're just playing by them. These are the new rules and we're just playing by them. And these are rules that Trump is setting. And rules are set legally in the court system through precedent. Precedent refers to a court decision that is considered as authority for deciding subsequent cases involving identical or similar facts or similar legal issues. Precedent is incorporated into the doctrine of stare decisis and requires courts to apply the law in the same manner to cases with the same facts. Some judges have stated that precedent ensures that individuals in similar situations are treated alike instead of based on a particular judge's personal views. If the facts or issues of a case differ from those in a previous case, the previous case cannot be precedent. The Supreme Court in Cooper Industries Incorporated versus Avial Services Incorporated reiterated that, quote, questions which merely lurk on the record, neither brought to the attention of the court nor ruled upon, ruled upon are not to be considered as precedent. Therefore, a prior decision serves as a precedent only for issues, given the particular facts that the court explicitly considered in reaching its decision. Therefore, given the particular facts, a prior decision serves as precedent only for issues that the court explicitly considered in reaching its decision. The raid. On the morning of August 8th, 2022, Mar-a-Lago, the residence of President Donald J. Trump, sometimes called the Winter White House, was raided by a team of FBI agents executing at least one search warrant, possibly more than one. We first learned of this raid from President Trump himself. Here's his statement. I'm sure y'all remember it. I'm not going to read the whole thing right now. We've, we've probably all read it at least once. I will note that he mentions a few particular things in here, such as the political persecution of Trump, it's been going on for years with the fully debunked Russia, 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 Russia scam. Impeachment hoax one, impeachment hoax two, and so much more. It never ends. It is political targeting at the highest level. You should ask yourself who's doing the targeting. He also mentions Hillary Clinton was allowed to delete and acid washed 33,000 emails after they were subpoenaed by Congress. Absolutely nothing has happened to hold her accountable yet. She even took antique furniture and other items from the White House. And he goes on to say that he stood up for America and all, and some, he did, of course, and still is. And he mentions this line, witch hunt, witch hunt. And we went over that last time, what I believe he means when he says witch hunt. There's two meanings there. Now back to what I wrote. Less than six hours after President Trump let everybody know, let the world know that his home, Mar-a-Lago, had been raided, he posted a video on True Social. 
Ah, that's, I think that's going to be off screen. There we go. We are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in over 40 years, where the stock market just finished the worst first half of a year in more than five decades. We are a nation that has the highest energy cost in its history, and we are no longer energy independent or energy dominant, which we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia for oil. We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment in the world. We are a nation that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. We're a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've never seen anything like this. We're a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is about all you get. We're a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant like never before, where the economy has been collapsing, where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it's taken from the United States to build a military to rival our own. We are a nation that over the past two years is no longer respected or listened to all around the world. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty and freedom and faith. We are a nation whose economy is floundering, whose stores are not stocked, whose deliveries are not coming, and whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every list. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. But soon we will have greatness again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot beat. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend. We will not break. We will not yield ever, ever, ever. We will never give in. We will never give up. And we will never, ever back down. We will never let you down as long as we are confident and united. The tyrants we are fighting do not stand even a little chance. Because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and God alone. And it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. Amen. The best is yet to come. And I know that video is a little bit down in the beginning. It gets you down in the beginning because it's he's talking about the storm and he's talking about 
the trouble that we're in, but there are a little, lot of double meanings. Yes, Russ Outdoors. There's a lot of double meanings in that, that video. And the end of it is meant to lift you up. Understand that the negative that he is presenting there, it is necessary. It is necessary to push that narrative as much as possible in order to wake up the normies, wake up the moderates, wake up people who weren't exactly a fan of Trump, but now they've seen what it's like with Biden. And even though they may not yet be a fan of Trump, the difference is so obvious to them. They're thinking about voting for him again. And they're thinking about voting for candidates that he endorsed. That's the point of the narrative that's in the first half of that video. The second half is to lift you up and give you hope. You notice, you notice how much I know that President Trump, he he pushes a lot this negative message about the time period we're in. And it's true. But Trump also brings up hope and brings up that the best is yet to come and tells you that we this is not the end. This is not the end. This is the phase we're in. We're in an empire strikes back kind of phase right now. And we're looking forward to Return of the Jedi. That's the transition we're experiencing right now. Uh, by the way, the music, if you don't know, the music in that uh, video, the song title is Where We Go One, We Go All, or the acronym, anyway. I'm sure that means nothing. It's just a coincidence. I'm sure it's just a coincidence. Now, he posted that video six hours after releasing the statement that told the world that Mar-a-Lago had been raided. It's noteworthy that it was President Trump himself who informed us of the raid. There were no leaks to the media ahead of time, nor during the execution of the warrant, and by the time he posted his statement, the FBI had more or less come and gone from the property. The corrupt media had completely missed out on the opportunity for footage they had been lusting to get for over five years. That's a point I haven't seen anybody else make, and maybe I missed it. But if the D, I'm going to make this point and move on before I shake anybody too much. But guys, if the deep state, if our enemies were in control of this raid, if they're behind this raid, why didn't it leak? The way for this raid to do maximum damage to President Trump would be for all of the media to be posted outside of Mar-a-Lago all friggin' day, getting hours and hours and hours of footage of the FBI going in and out of Mar-a-Lago. They didn't know it was happening. None of the corporate media knew this raid was even happening. The only way that something like this could have been kept secret from the corrupt deep state media is if some good guys are the ones behind this raid. Think on that. Think on that. On the day of the raid, Dan Scavito made this one truth. He said, do it, 45 wonder what it is that Dan, that Dan Scavino is telling President Trump to do. 
As the media machine spun into action, eager to write their mawkish pieces, repeating the same tired, weak, abrading narrative of the walls are closing in. Anon's going through Scavino's post on True Social noticed that he had given us a subtle heads up on the raid just three days prior. He posted this pic on August 5th with gold 45 or 45 in gold on the door. And it was posted at 47 minutes past midnight. The obvious nod to Trump being the 45th president on the door in gold, no less. The less obvious nod of Trump being the future 47th president in the timestamp. And the door indicating someone was about to knock or perhaps open it. There are no coincidences, friends. We would later learn that the search warrants for Mar-a-Lago had been signed by Magistrate Judge Reinhardt later that same day. August 5th. The former president is quite well protected. To my knowledge, he uses both private security and the Secret Service. Any raid of his property would have to be coordinated with his security teams. No question about it. The last thing any involved party would want is some kind of incident between private security, Secret Service, and the FBI. So there had to have been some foreknowledge and some coordination, and some coordination has since been confirmed. But for Scavino to post the hint with the door before the search warrant was even signed, that really makes the mind wonder. Magistrate Judge Reinhardt also signed all of these other orders on August 5th. Two search warrants, a telephone records request or order, and a sealed, it's misspelled, pen register order. We do not know if all of these are related to the raid of Mar-a-Lago, but it is reasonable to keep that keep it in mind or keep that possibility in mind. The first one, which ends in 08332, this one up here, is the Mar-a-Lago raid for which we have the most documents unsealed. Um, actually, it's the one, the only one we have documents unsealed for, including the search warrant and the property receipt. It is also the one that we are expecting to get a partially redacted affidavit from in the near future, provided there are not further appeals on that motion, um, which there likely will be. The um, I think it's tomorrow. The government has until tomorrow to file another appeal or to uh, respond. I think we're going to get the uh, redacted affidavit, and uh, I'm I'm really excited about it. Here are the links to the dockets for anyone who is keeping wants to keep track of these. I'm paying attention to all three of these. I suspect that most of them are. I'm, I'm right now. I'm thinking that maybe one of these is also going to be related to the the raid. Um, perhaps this pin register one, just because it's misspelled, and that's kind of a thing in this in this uh, crazy anon world. But um, we'll we'll see. Um, Zias the Ape says redacted affidavit tomorrow. Um, I hope so. I hope so. The last search warrant is, uh, is still restricted as of this writing, but check out the activity on that docket. This is the other search warrant that he signed that same day. It's having some of the same motions in it and some of the same people, such as the Times Union, a newspaper, 
has filed in this case to get it unsealed, just like they filed in the other search warrant case, because the media are looking at this docket and what the judge signed that day and thinking, okay, these might all be related. So let's go ahead and file a motion to get them unsealed and try and see what's in them. All of it is restricted or sealed for now. You can't open any of these up. And the judge has ruled to keep it that way for now. One difference between this case and the one that is known to be about Mar-a-Lago is that they are out of two different U.S. attorney's offices. But both went across Judge Reinhardt's desk on August 5th. Here's the two different offices. This is U.S. attorney's office in West Palm Beach. That's the other search warrant. This is U.S. Attorney's Office in Miami, Florida. This is the one that we have uh, the documents unsealed from where the big fight is happening. Like I said, we don't know if they're related, but it's worth watching everything that Reinhardt did that day. Now, 15 boxes. The New York Times reported this about the raid. The search, according to two people familiar with the investigation, appeared to be focused on material that Mr. Trump had brought with him to Mar-a-Lago, his private club and residence after he left the White House. Those boxes contained many pages of classified documents, according to a person familiar with their contents. Mr. Trump delayed returning 15 boxes of material requested by officials with the National Archives for many months, only doing so when there became a threat of action being taken to retrieve them. Notice they didn't say that the raid was focused on Mr. Trump. They said it was appeared to be focused on material that Mr. Trump had brought with him. Wait, are these some of the same boxes and documents that we have been hearing about since at least last fall? The ones related to January 6th, the ones Biden did not assert executive privilege over. This article is from October 9th, 2021, and I went over it on my show way back when. And at the time I talked about how this is good. This is going to set a precedent of where executive privilege can be used after a president has left office and who is in control of it. And it's going to, it's going to move that line of executive uh, privilege in a way that in the end is going to benefit us. The documents are Trump-era White House records responsive to the select committee's request to the archivist. See, the, the select committee sent a request to the National Archives about these documents because they're trying to get Trump on any crime they can. They're trying to get access to everything Trump has. And the National Archives was already working with Trump on these documents, and it is not unusual at all for such a thing to happen. This happens after every president they go through the documents and they arrange for what's going to be in the library. The National Archives job is to what? Archive. They archive everything. So they have to work together with the former president's administration to go through what's going to be kept where, who's going to be in charge of it, when it's going to be on display, all that kind of stuff. What it's made available for. Now, David Ferriero, or Ferrero, he was the head of the National Archives until April. His uh, deputy took over. 
Um, I did a dig on him that I almost included in this substack, but I decided it wandered too far off the trail. But this guy's a Vietnam vet and seemed like a pretty good guy. He's the very first librarian, actual uh, real librarian. Like that's what he went to university for, to be appointed as the head archivist of the National Archives. And it seemed like he did a really good job, made a lot of changes there and how they do things, trying to catch the National Archives up to the current age and technology. And um, he was working with President Trump and his administration on all of this the whole time. And he says the decision not to assert executive privilege applies to the initial tranche of documents that were provided to the White House and Trump's attorneys in September. The documents that National Archives has provided to the White House for review and decision about invoking executive privilege on those documents has not yet been made that was at this time in October. Later on, excuse me, that decision was made and Biden decided not to exert uh, or not to employ executive privilege. And th- of course, the conservative media is saying, oh, this is so terrible. They won't say it's so terrible when the exact same thing happens to Clinton and Obama. So whatever happened to these boxes and documents? Well, here is what the National Archives and Records Administration, NARA, had to say in regard to them earlier this year. They wrote that they worked with Trump to arrange for this, on, on a, to arrange for the transfer on February 7th. In mid-January 2022, NARA arranged for the transport from Mar-a-Lago property in Florida to the National Archives of 15 boxes that contained presidential records, following discussions with President Trump's representatives in 2021. Former President Trump's representatives have informed NARA that they are continuing to search for additional presidential records that belong to the National Archives. So they arranged for the transfer of these, and then they said, hey, we'll keep looking for more records, and we'll let you know about them as we find them. Ferrero further stressed the importance of adherence to PRA by all presidents. I don't think it's an accent. They got that quote right there. All presidents. He didn't just say, he didn't say, it's important that uh, Trump follow this. He said it's important that all presidents do. And this is a records matter, not a criminal matter, a records matter. And then on February 8th, he said, throughout the course of the last year, NARA obtained the cooperation of Trump representatives to locate presidential records that had not been transferred to the National Archives at the end of the Trump administration. When a representative informed NARA in December 2021 that they had located some records, NARA arranged for them to be securely transported to Washington. NARA officials did not visit or raid the Mar-a-Lago property. This is from February 8th. And this is, with, with his words, he's being very careful and professional here. But what he is fighting back against is the fake reporting, the, uh, the false reporting by the corrupt media who are trying to make this into a criminal scandal and accuse President Trump. Y'all remember this way back in January, December, and, and into February, how Trump had these documents in the media and the Democrats were trying to say he was hiding things and there might have been some criminality and um, he was breaking all sorts of laws or whatever. And Nar- National Archives is putting back against this and saying, no, he's been cooperating this whole time. What are you talking about? As the above statement says, and as you may remember, these 15 boxes of documents and items, which we keep hearing about, were already recovered from Mar-a-Lago on February 7th of this year by the National Archives themselves without the use of the FBI or any other agency. 
news media writes a story about this exact same thing, but then they write stories in the past month acting like they never wrote these stories. Accusations of improper handling of classified material made the rounds for months and still do. Despite Cash Patel's phone interview with Breitbart News, which clears all of that up, you may remember that Cash Patel got appointed to be in charge of this communication between the Trump, former Trump administration, whatever, and the National Archives. He, ran, he started running Point Man for it in the spring. And on 5th of May, he gave this interesting phone interview, which is pretty short. The article, it's worth reading if you grab the substack and you want to read the article. There's a lot of great quotes in it. But for time's sake, I want to point out, he says that all of this stuff was declassified. I was there when President Trump said, we are declassifying this information. He calls out the media for reporting fake news. And then my favorite part of this is right here. He says, I don't want to get into specific documents. But... Quote, it's information, what's in the documents, it's information that Trump felt spoke to matters regarding everything from Russiagate to Ukraine impeachment fiasco to major national security matters of great public importance. Anything the president felt the American people had a right to know is in there and more. All of this stuff has already been declassified, period. The New York Times article I linked earlier in this stack, as well as many other corrupt media articles, are factually incorrect in writing that these boxes contained still classified material. Some documents may have still had their classified markings on them and had not yet been marked as declassified, but that is a clerical issue, not a statutory one. So just what is actually going on here? Perhaps a clue is found in the most recent statement from the National Archives. Four days after the Mar-a-Lago raid, the National Archives said this, August 12th, the National Archives and Record Administration assumed exclusive legal and physical custody of Obama presidential records when President Barack Obama left office in 2017. In accordance with the Presidential Records Act, NARA moved approximately 30 million pages of unclassified records to a NARA facility in the Chicago area, where they are maintained exclusively by NARA. Additionally, NARA maintains the classified Obama presidential records in a NARA facility in the Washington, D.C. area. As required by the PRA, former President Obama has no control over where and how NARA stores the presidential records of his administration. Boom. So NARA has exclusive custody of Obama-era records. The unclassified docs are in Chicago. The classified docs are in D.C. That is very interesting. And I think it is important information for us to remember for the future. Now, for more on this, I linked this Substack piece right here. It is awesome, and it goes into detail. Um, it's an excellent piece about the, fat, the fight between NARA and Obama in order to to decide who had custody of them. But as of August 12, 2022, NARA says they have it. I mean, they, they go, they go on to say 
and as if the point wasn't already made, Obama has no control over where and how NARA stores the presidential records of his administration. I think that's huge. Back to the Mar-a-Lago raid. Let's take a look at the search warrant and the property receipt, which were unsealed on or about August 12th, the same day that NARA statement came out. It is specifically for the premises of Mar-a-Lago, not a person. The search is restricted to rooms and use by former President of the United States, F. POTUS. Schedule F. POTUS, you might say. This is document 17. Surprise, surprise. Notes the search is for the following person or property. It ends up being filled in as property. It was signed at 12, 12 p.m. on August 5th. So that means this was signed six out, almost six hours after Dan Scavino made that post with the 45 door. A list on here, it mentions, it describes the estate of Mar-a-Lago, noting its bedrooms, bathrooms, and 17 acres. The locations to be searched include the 45 office. Hello, the 45 office. I wonder if the 45 office looks like this. Even if it doesn't, I mean, come on. <laughs> The 45 office, all storage rooms and all other rooms or areas within the premises used or available to be used by F POTUS and his staff and in which boxes or documents could be stored, including all structures or buildings on the estate. It does not include areas that are being occupied, rented or used by third parties. Mar-a-Lago is huge. There's a lot of, you know, there's guests there. Um, if, there's tons of events there. So, not all of it is used by the president. There's that tweet, or that truth, I should say. There's no coincidences. How did Dan know? Well, Dan knew because Trump knew. How did Trump know? I suspect in large part, he set the whole thing up in order to set a precedent. Back to the unsealed search warrant. All physical documents and records constituting evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other items illegally possessed in violation of these statutes. The first one listed is the Espionage Act. The next one has to do with concealment, removal, mutilation of records or documents that belong to the government or an official. And the other one is destruction, alteration, or falsification of records in federal investigations and bankruptcy. The statuses regarding class declassification do not apply to the president, as he has the power to declassify whatever he wishes, and to do so simply by saying so. He can even do so with a simple truth or tweet, such as he did here. Do y'all remember when he tweeted out this satellite photo? The media tried to claim that he had committed some crime, and it was ruled upon later that, yep, actually, 
the president can declassify images such as this and other classified things by simply deciding I'm going to post this on Twitter. Not everybody can do that, but the president of the United States can. He can also issue broad declassification authorization, such as he did in this tweet from 6th of October, 2020. I have fully authorized the total declassification of any and all documents pertaining to the single greatest political crime in American history, the Russia hoax. Likewise, the Hillary Clinton email scandal. No redactions. I wonder if earlier that Breitbart article with that quote from Cash Patel when he said national security matters that the president felt the American people had a right to know about, I wonder if he was referring to the Hillary Clinton email scandal. Now, the media is pretending that this isn't the case, that presidents can't do these things. But I want you guys to ignore them. Ignore the programming that they're trying to put into your head and ask some questions. One, can you imagine President Trump violating any of these statutes? I cannot. Can you imagine any of President Trump's enemies violating these statutes? I can't. I can easily imagine that, and I'm pretty damn sure they did violate these statutes and more. So if Trump cannot and or would not be in violation of these statutes, then who are the real targets of this raid? See, there's a we have a conflict here. According to the search warrant, this raid is about materials related to violations of those statutes. But we all know that President Trump isn't in violation of those statutes. So who's the target? Who's the real target here? I have ideas, and I see y'all have ideas too, ideas too in, in chat. Now, who would have access and who would have evidence of such violations? And where might such evidence be found? In the Breitbart News article, in that interview with Cash Patel, he told us what was in the 15 boxes. Stuff about Russiagate, Ukraine impeachment, and a major national security matters of great public importance. Anything the president felt the American people had a right to know about is in there and more. Now, filter team. Oh, I see a comment from someone I really like. Blue eyes, you know what? You're right. We sh when we list off Obama and Clinton, we should also add Bush. You're right. We definitely should do that. Hey, Dwayne Cage, thanks for being here, man. All right, filter team. 
According to Fox News, a Department of Justice taint or filter team has been reviewing documents seized by the FBI during its raid on former President Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. Note how tr President Trump's people are not calling it a filter team. They're calling it a taint team. That's that's to make it more, you know, attractive, like as far as people talking about it and people snickering because of the word taint. They mean it in the legal sense of like tainting legal documents, tainting uh, attorney-client privilege. But President Trump's pe – most people are calling it a filter team. That's what I've mostly heard it referred to. Uh, and I've noticed President Trump's people are saying taint, because, and I think it's because they know it gets a snicker uh, from people. Because that word is – outside of a courtroom, that word is used to mean something else. Anyway. The official from law, the law enforcement official that talked to Fox News uh, said that it is standard procedure for the Justice Department to use a taint or filter team to go through documents obtained during a search in part to identify records that may be protected by attorney client privilege. Here's the property receipts. And you've probably seen this signed by Christina Bob at 619 p.m. So there again, we have the raid was done by 619. Trump didn't, because she wouldn't have signed off on the property receipt until they had completely finished taking things out, right? So she signs this at 619. It's not until almost 7 o'clock that Trump notifies the world that this raid happened. He waited until the FBI left, guys. He waited until it was all done, and then he told the world about it, robbing his, robbing his enemies in the media the chance to get cameras there. I, can, you, do you, can you imagine how pissed off the corrupt media had to be that they didn't get they didn't get any leaks, they didn't get any warning this raid was happening? Do you know think about how many years they fantasized about getting getting video of FBI vans in front of Mar-a-Lago and agents going in and out. So here's the property receipt, and it's pretty vague. Um, it just says boxes this and binders of this and potential presidential records and various doc classified top secret uh, documents and all this kind of stuff, miscellaneous confidential documents, miscellaneous top secret. It's all labeled that way, you know, and it's they're being vague in the property receipt um, on purpose. That's they're they're being vague on purpose about this. That's you don't you don't want to give away what you took um, there. And this is this is pretty typical of a raid. This is not unusual for them to be this this vague in a property receipt. Now, special master. Recently, I had the pleasure of joining my friend Patel Patriot on his devolution power hour, which I will do so again here in about 45 minutes. And we talked about the pit. And towards the end of the interview, he asked me for my thoughts on the raid, which is why he's having me back on here in about 45 minutes. We've already watched this video um, on the show, so I'm not going to play it again right now. Um, but I got into talking about the same things I talked about. I'm, I'm talking about now with this raid. And one of the things I mentioned was that I am looking for a special master to be appointed in this case. And four days later, Trump notified and his attorney or his attorney notified media that he wants a special master in the case.
And then on August 22nd, Trump posted this statement and said, we are demanding the appointment of a special master to oversee the handling of the materials taken in the raid. Now, this is a separate case. He opened a he opened a separate case to do this. Uh, I have the docket here linked in this Substack. Um, it's Trump versus United States. And what he wants specifically is a special master. He wants all uh, cataloging and uh, whatnot. He wants the DOJ to stop going through all the materials they seized until a special master is appointed. Um, and he wants the government to provide a more detailed property receipt than what we have up there. And he wants the government to return any item seized that was not within the scope of the search warrant. Makes perfect sense. So what is a special master? A special master is appointed by a court to carry out some sort of action on its behalf. Activities carried out by a special master are as diverse as the actions taken by courts. A special master is generally a subordinate official appointed by a judge to make sure that the judicial orders are actually followed or in the alternative to hear evidence on behalf of the judge and make recommendations to the judge as to the disposition of a matter. In the federal judi judiciary of the United States, a special master is an adjunct to a federal court. Rule 53 of the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure allow a federal court to appoint a special master with the consent of the parties to conduct proceedings and report to the court. And that's the rule that President Trump has, is asking for a special master under is Rule 53. Adding a special master to a case is like adding a third judge, a kind of arbiter who looks at various proceedings of the court and or evidence and helps ensure that the law is followed and that the rights of both parties are protected. We have seen special masters used recently in some very interesting cases that I have written about before, such as the Rudy Giuliani raid in May of 2021. I'm sure you guys remember this. Um, it, I, it was, I keep saying it's in May of 2021. It, this article, it actually happened at the very, very end of April, but all the filings relevant to it came out in May. So I, that's why I keep thinking about May. Um, I might go back and edit that. I don't know. You may remember this and Rudy went around, made the media rounds, making a big deal about how he got raided and it was egregious, egregious. And he's, he's saying over and over again, I am the, the attorney, I'm the personal attorney of the former president of the United States. The news told us that Rudy was under investigation and they screamed the walls were closing in. MSM, that was their take. The corrupt news media, MSM, were telling us the walls are closing in. This is it for Rudy. He's under investigation by SDNY. Conservative Incorporated media were telling us this is egregious. The FBI's out of control. Um, that... 
this is horrible. He's been he's being so mistreated. You can't believe you, this is unprecedented. I wonder how many articles we could find from then and quotes we could find from back then where people said this is unprecedented. The former president of an attorney being raided. But folks, those walls would not close in. And they still haven't closed in. Not on Rudy. They closed in on the people that Rudy had evidence against, though. Some Russian, Ukrainian, uh, mis and malinformation agents. And uh, swamp creatures from Ukraine who tried to bribe President Trump and tried to bribe other uh, GOP candidates and tried to buy influence in his administration. The walls closed in on them, thanks to this guy and the evidence he collected. Now, they took those devices from Rudy, and a taint team or filter team was used to go through Rudy's devices, and then a special master was appointed. Here are some of the documents that, that prove all that. Um telling you this is from uh, a court filing that happened. Did I grab the header of it? I didn't. Okay. So they used a filter team, a magistrate judge or special master to help with this and to protect all parties. And they used the template, the precedent that was set by a previous case by someone you may remember, another lawyer for Trump named Michael Cohen. A filter team was also used then. And a special master was used then. And in this court filing, what the media didn't want to focus on at all and pretended this line did not exist. They absolutely pretended like they never saw this line in any filing at all. It said, there is no pending case. There is no pending criminal case against the subjects of the search. Wait a minute. You mean someone can be searched, raided, by the FBI, but not be the subject of a criminal case? Yep. Yep. Sure can. Sure can. I wrote a substack on that, and I linked it here. There was no pending criminal case against the subjects of the search, and folks, it doesn't matter what the MSM writes or what con conservative incorporated pedals to you or how Rudy plays the victim, there was no pending criminal case. Rudy Giuliani and Victoria Tunsing were not under criminal investigation. Someone else was. And Rudy and Victoria had possession of items needed for that investigation. So they got searched or raided. The difference between searched and raided seems to be how loudly the FBI knocks and what time of day it occurs. The same thing happened in the Project Veritas raid. A filter team was used and a special master was appointed. Y'all may remember this. In fact, I saw James O'Keefe, Project Veritas uh, lawyer, Harmeet Dillon. She was on TV the other day talking about how, like she was getting mad about how a special master was appointed in their case. Guess what? Guess what? Here's a big boom right here. Guess what? It was the same special master as in the Rudy raid. The same one. Judge Barbara Jones, who also served as the special master in 
the Michael Cohen case. Y'all seeing y'all seeing a pattern here? Seeing how this works? Precedent. This raid on Mar-a-Lago, the filter team, the request to appoint a special master, this is all such good news. Think big picture. We now have precedent set for search warrants being served on major media, thanks to Project Veritas. A president's former attorney, Michael Cohen. A former president's attorney, as he was still actively his attorney, Rudy. And a former president's residence, Mar-a-Lago. Filter team and special master used in each of these cases. It's a template. A template is a gauge, a pattern, or a mold. Something that establishes or serves as a pattern. This is a template for how to go after the Clintons, Obama, and when I finish the show, I'm going to add George Bush. Thank you for that suggestion, chat. Their attorneys and the media who assisted, assisted them in their crimes against the United States and we the people. The FBI raids were never about getting Rudy or getting Project Veritas. And this Mar-a-Lago raid is not about getting President Trump. Contrary to popular conservative incorporated narratives, the FBI does indeed go after bad guys. Regularly. As a rule. The corruption in the FBI is the exception. And one that is being investigated by Durham. That's not to say that anti-FBI narratives are not important. I believe they are crucially important. Please don't mistake what I'm putting forth here. Because I believe that the amount of hate the FBI is getting now is proportional to the amount of justice the FBI is going to dish out against HRC and her cohorts. We are building up a wall around the FBI, a narrative defense that will insulate them from future attacks when indictments against deep state politicians, corrupt media, and their cohorts are unsealed. When Mark Elias is raided, when HRC is raided, when the New York Times is raided, we will be cheering the FBI. And we will reflect on this Mar-a-Lago raid as good news. And that's my substack that I published earlier today, a couple hours ago. Thank you to everybody who has uh, shared it and liked it. And uh, a special thank you to everybody who is a uh, paid subscriber to my Substack. This is the best way to support my show and support my research and my work. 
I sincerely appreciate it. It's the, it's the number one best way. The second best way is buymeacoffee.com slash just human. Uh, thank you all very much. This is free to read. Um, all of my content on Substack is free. If you think somebody would benefit from reading this article, please share it with them. And if you like it, please subscribe to my Substack. You can do a free subscription. That's awesome. I, I love the free subscriptions. Um, if you do that, then you'll get an email every time I publish something. And after the show, um, I've been ripping the audio, doing an audio version only, and uploading it to Substack. And because of the Substack app, you can use that to just listen to an audio only version of the show, or you can set it up to do a feed to your favorite podcast uh, app. It even works with Apple podcast. So at least for now, I haven't been banned on there. All right. I nailed it. One hour. It is exactly 10 PM. I'm going to go on to Patel Patriot show next. I'm going to, I'm going to go on Patel Patriot show next, but before I do, um, excuse me, I, I want to make a couple comments about, I know that there are some agents that are, I didn't tackle this in this, uh, sub stack yet. Um, I might do another sub stack that tackles this, but I, I, I want some more information. I want the affidavit. Um, I know there's reports of, uh, one, some of the agents involved in this raid were also involved in crossfire hurricane. And there's some agents that we have reason to believe are corrupt agents. I'm aware of them. And I'm also aware of the news that the Biden administration, it, while, while they said they weren't involved on this raid, they actually are. And that Biden waived executive privilege on this. I am, I am holding off on doing a, doing a, a, a solid take on that. I, I want to know some more information about the agents and what their roles were. I want to know more information about the White House's involvement. I'm just not going to be reactionary to it yet. You know, or actually, I'm going to try to not be reactionary ever at all. Uh, but I also, I don't want y'all to think I'm dismissive of the involvement of those people. Uh, I do think I think it's possible that those agents who are involved in this, who we're thinking are not, we have reason to believe are not on the up and up who may be corrupt agents for various reasons. I'm thinking that it's possible they got put on this so that they would take the heat for conducting this raid and they're not very happy about it. I, I'm considering that possibility. You know, the, the narrative that's brewing right now is that the raid is very negative. This is bad. This is an assault on a former president, um, et cetera. This is uh, politically motivated. This is banana Republic stuff. This is brown boot stuff. And it's important for that to be out there. Uh, Zeiss the eight mentions FBI whistleblowers are coming out. Yeah. Lots of FBI whistleblowers have been coming out last month and this month. Uh, we keep hearing about FBI whistleblowers. That's good. You know, it's, it's, it's possible that these guys actually are not very good agents that we would want. We want them out, but they, they may have been put on this so that they would be exposed. It's also possible. We have those agents wrong. 
Um, I like to try and consider multiple possibilities, multiple explanations for something. Uh, especially, especially when we have very limited information and the news media is running headlines that are hyperbolic and emotional and uh, not very logical. So not, or at least not logic based. So I'm just kind of sitting back and waiting for more information on that. I'm really looking forward to this affidavit and my prediction with the affidavit is that because, because we've got, we've got some reporting that there was someone on the inside, there was an informant, there was a confidential human source involved with this raid. Personally, my belief that confidential, that confidential human source is president Trump. That's, that's my belief. That's what I think is most likely. Um, which I know is not what most people are thinking. Uh, they're thinking it's somebody who's dastardly. I don't think so. I think that it's president Trump and I think he's doing exactly what he's been doing for 40 plus years, being a, being Batman, being the greatest asset for the good guys in the FBI that they've ever had. Um, I think he is the source. And I don't think we'll get his name in the affidavit. I think it'll be redacted and it'll have a code on there that says that they can't reveal the name of the source in order to protect law enforcement sources and methods. And under that name will be President Trump. That's that's what I think. Um, I think it'll be like so many other filings um, where it's the Trump organization who is actually subpoenaed. Uh, by the way, the, the Trump organization is who owns Mar-a-Lago, not President Trump himself. It's the it's the Trump organization owns Mar-a-Lago, and it's the Trump organization who has gotten subpoenas and search warrants. So that's where I'm at on those things. And I know the Biden White House is really taking a lot of heat right now, good, for being involved in this raid and you know making it political or whatever. That's, I think that's all arranged for them to take the heat for it. And I actually don't think the Biden White House had that much to do with it. Because if they did, guys, think about this. If the Biden White House was in on the planning and authorization of this raid, they would have leaked it. They would have leaked it. Axios and Washington Post and New York Times would have been out there at 6 a.m., with cameras already set up and their helicopters flying over. So, all right, I need to move on to Patel Patriot's show. So, let me get this ending music ready. And folks, thank you very much. Uh, for being here. I know this is a short show. I will see you on Patel Patriots Power Hour, me, Patrick Gunnels, and Patel. And we'll be talking about some of the same stuff and I don't know, maybe some other things. Um, you can find Patel on Rumble. Let me see. I can grab... I think I can grab the link for it real quick. It's on my socials too and on uh, Patel's. There we go. Here we go. I'll put it in Rumble Chat, but I know in Rumble Chat you can't click on the links. Here it is on Twitch Chat. I see someone else also link. OG Mary, thank you very much. 
Um, I saw that there was some problems with DLive. I don't know if it ever started working over there, but I'm putting the link there anyway. All right, folks. Thank you very much. And uh, I'll see y'all here in about 20 minutes on 20, 30 minutes on Patel's show. God bless you. Man, we're not going to win every battle, but we're going to win this war. And one of the ways we're going to win it is through uh, setting precedents. See ya.